0: Log Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, May the 2nd. And today we're going to have our chat with our good friend George Rodriguez from South Texas. A lot of things to get into uh, today. Obviously, the legislature is still going on. I think they're going to go on for another month. So we're going to probably talk more about the legislature the next time we get uh, together. But there's talk of troops on the border. Uh, Border towns are overwhelmed. Chicago and New York, I guess, are overwhelmed, too, and they're complaining about the buses up there. I think they're, they're, they're saying that the governors a racist for sending buses to cities that have black mayors. Uh, you, you can figure that one out. Violence in Mexico, and then we had this terrible shooting here in Cleveland, Texas, uh, where one man shot a bunch of people. So, George, welcome. It's always great to have you for another you. one of our weekly visits as we do a little roundup of uh, Texas. I do want to begin with a story that we're getting uh, here in the Dallas area. And this that Representative Allred is thinking of uh, against uh, Senator Cruz. Now, Allred represents a district in the Dallas, Texas area, a district that used to be very competitive. Pete Sessions used to represent that district. And then when they redrew the map, they basically created a, a Democrat district there. So it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a district, pretty safe district for him. But that's uh, that's the latest one, as well as we, you mentioned Gutierrez last week. So those two, they're not official, but those are the two that apparently could be running against Senator Cruz. Uh, have you heard anything about uh, Representative Allred? I have not. I mean,
1: I've heard, uh, of course, of uh, I've read what uh, has been printed about him but uh again it it looks like they're what the democrats seem to be doing is throwing people against the wall and seeing seeing which one is going to stick i mean they are very very uh, obviously they're very very desperate uh, right. to uh, to challenge cruz they uh, are also banking a lot on the uh, news media um the news media seems to be running a lot of negative stories critical of uh, of of cruz on a, on almost a daily basis so, um, you know, it's a one-two punch typical. Um, there is, uh, whether or not any of this is going is to be helpful,
0: right. uh,
1: we don't know. It's going to depend, again, on, on it's Cruz's uh, election to lose. Right. Uh, I just don't think he's going to take it as lightly as he did
0: with uh, No, with I, I think you're right about that. You're right about that. Neither one of these two guys is going to get the kind of money that that Beto uh, O'Rourke got in 2018. The other thing going for Cruz that he didn't have in 2018 is that this is going to be a presidential year yes, and probably the Republican nominee will help him, whether it's Trump or whether it's uh, DeSantis or a combination of those two. Uh, and I, the other problem too, that I see for all red and really for Gutierrez as well, they're not very well known outside of their district. I mean, yeah. I mean, all red is, you know, he's, Fairly well known in the area, but in his district, I don't, think anybody, we don't know who he is down here. <laughs> no, and so you're going to go to you know you're going to run a race against Ted Cruz in Texas. Well, that means you got to compete in like 254 counties, and uh, you know they know you in like two counties. So <laughs> you've got a lot of work to do, I would think, George got a lot of work to do to get the word out so. I mean they don't they, they certainly
1: don't have the name recognition that Beto does they certainly don't and uh um, no it, it'll be an uphill battle for them to get the recognition uh like I said I'm sure that the mainstream media is going to help them because the mainstream media is very very liberal however uh I don't believe that um you know they are going to be capable of getting the kind of money that um uh, that uh, O'Rourke got, um, because again, because
0: of name recognition. Well, the other thing too, uh, uh, George, that uh, this is speculation on my part, but I, I'm beginning to think that it, you know, the Democrats really thought they were they were really making headways or advancing in Texas after 2018. They did well. You got to give them credit. They did well in 2018, but it's been going downhill ever since. And they've been and in reverse. Yeah. And I think if you're a, a donor and, you know, you've and you're trying to hold on to the Senate and you're probably going to lose West Virginia, you've got a very good chance you're going to lose Montana. So you got to go. I mean, the money is going to have to go to Ohio to defend that seat. Uh, they they have a tough one in Nevada. And so, I mean, you, you have to wonder if, you, if you're going to be spreading out the money, do you want to waste it in Texas again? Or would you rather send it somewhere where that money can be more productive? You know, back in 2018, Correct. the Republicans picked up a seat in Florida, and they picked up a seat in Missouri, and they picked up a seat in Indiana, in the in the Senate, that is. And in those three cases, they were close races. And after the election, I remember reading a lot of Democrats second-guessing themselves, you know, what if we had just spent... Uh, 10 million, let's say, rather than Texas somewhere else. So I I think that kind of reasoning is going to prevail this time, especially in in an election where the winds, I think, are going to be going more in favor of the Republican, George. Well,
1: here in Texas, I mean, the two things that are going to hurt them uh, are uh, the border, of course, and uh, the oil, the oil prices um oil production i mean we're we're very much in the same situation as west virginia is with coal uh only the big difference is that we're texas and not west virginia we uh, yeah. you know we're the most uh we're, we're a huge state we're the second largest state with the second number of uh, largest number of uh of electoral votes so um it's it's going to be it, it, i think that that i am not sure what kind of message they've got Right. Um, Particularly uh, as this um, as this border crisis gets worse
0: on May 11th, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly what they're going to be able to say. Right. And I think that what what you do, if all red is the candidate, uh, part of the campaign is going to be putting a television ad and saying this is a congressman's record and this is a congresswoman's record or these are two members of Congress. Which one is Pelosi? And which one is all red? Correct. Because they're identical. I mean, that the one, the amazing thing about all red, I mean, there's an article in the Dallas Morning News about him today, you know, saying that he's going to try to present a moderate image, you know, one of these good bipartisan luck. people. But good luck with that when all you do is vote with Pelosi. Exactly. I mean, so that's... Uh, the fact for themselves. That's uh, that's exactly right. And if, if they're well marketed, which, true uh, unfortunately, Cruz didn't do the last time, but if they can market a campaign like the governor did against O'Rourke, then I think it could be very successful. By the way, I'll just drop this and maybe we'll pick it up at a future time. Uh, there are some rumors that Senator Joe Manchin could actually run as a third party for president. Yeah, I that. Uh, uh, and that's that. Uh, and that's interesting. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about the border. You mentioned uh, the border. That is obviously a weakness uh, for the Democrats. We heard today, Tuesday morning, that President Biden is thinking about sending to the border. Now, When before people start thinking that this is going to be like, you know, airplanes and tanks and trucks, they're, they're going to be, I guess, supporting the, the Border Patrol. And, they're, you know, they're going to be there as support for the Border Patrol. Now, when I'm I saw that, yeah, but when I saw that, I had two reactions. Number one, okay, maybe it's a little bit too late, but he did it. And the other reaction was 2024 must be around the corner, because <laughs> why why didn't he do this before? This could have been very helpful, George, about a year ago, this action. Well, you know,
1: uh, again, I think it, this is more uh, street theater. Uh, this is uh, the theater of the absurd. Uh, the, uh, the soldiers are going to go down and they are going to be in an administrative capacity. They're not going to be carrying guns. They're going to be car- they're going to be carrying pencils, and what they're going to be doing is re- is relieving the border patrol from doing office work, so that they can go uh, and supposedly do uh, border patrol work. However, even the border patrol is um, excuse me even the border patrol is uh, is limited in what they can do. This administration has limited them completely and totally from arresting, from deporting, from turning people around. Uh, what they're going to be doing is gathering folks, organizing them, marching them over to a uh, to a uh, detention center or to a registration center now, as it, they are called now, and uh, letting the, the military at that point, armies, folks, the military uh, register them and then release them. So really, right. nothing is going to be changing except the fact that um, come May 11th, when they re- when they uh, raise or when they get rid of um, the uh, Title 42. Uh, what it's going to have, what's going to happen is we're going to have many, many more people. As we speak, there are well over 15,000 Haitians right. on the other side of Brownsville in, in Matamoros.
0: Right. I mean, we're looking
1: at a tsunami.
0: Right. And, but that, you know, that also poses a threat that these people, that the army may have to act almost in a military police. I mean, you could have confrontations. Oh, I'm sure you will between uh, these people dashing in, because what you've had is, as, as you indicated, what you've had is people literally just sitting there waiting for for the date and all their expectations, all their ambitions. Every, I mean, they're ready to go.
1: Their hopes and dreams are on that. Day.
0: Exactly. And, and how they're going to get over it, it's going to be a real problem. So we could have, you know, that old uh, expression about the humanitarian crisis. You know, we could have a, a bunch of people. I mean, literally pushing their weight in, and it's not going to be pretty. Uh, I, yeah. I don't like to make, I don't like to make pessimistic predictions, but I think it could get very in ugly. In this case, in this case, I don't see it. I, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's going to be a mad rush to get in. Right. Exactly. No, it's going to be nasty, and 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 I guess there are more people coming to south. They're not just the ones at Juarez and uh, and so on. There are other people further south who are apparently coming up too. Yeah, and, and that presents Carabans, uh, more caravans. Yeah, more caravans. So yeah, it's going to be a mess. But what do you think of Chicago and New York? All of a sudden, uh, <laughs> I guess being a sanctuary city is not fun anymore, George. Yeah. Remember when they were criticizing Mayor, I mean Governor Abbott? They are such hypocrites. It's very yeah. difficult for me. Yes. For me to be, you know
1: uh for me to control myself because they are such hypocrites here they are in sanctuary communities or sanctuary cities and rather than blaming the source of the problem which is the open border they blame uh the uh they blame uh the texas governor abbott Mm -hmm. for sending them i mean you know if you want to stop a problem you don't blame the middleman you you go after what, what the source is, and they refuse to do that. Another good example of this hypocrisy is this recent situation in Cleveland, mm-hmm. Texas, where, these, yes. where five member, family members were killed, again, by someone that had entered and uh, had been caught and reentered the country five times.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this individual, rather than talking about the porous open, which allowed him to come in, they're blaming the gun. They're saying that uh, the, the the gun should have not been available for this guy, right? Um, yeah, and
0: they're they're using. You're right. They're using the gun argument, but they forget that it's already illegal for a person like this to have a gun. Exactly, because he's. I mean, he doesn't have any documentation, so he cannot legally buy a gun. Exactly. Now, what good would 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 more gun legislation do? Not in this case, because if, this,
1: this guy, you know, got it anyway.
0: And he had certainly shown no affinity to obey the law when he's been deported four times or five times. And it's such a, you know, the whole thing is so tragic. You know, the the governor came out yesterday and said that an illegal immigrant had killed some illegal immigrants. And, you know, that became uh, such selective indignation on the other side. Yes. I like that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Selective indignation. And I'm sitting there saying, okay, so maybe he misspoke. Maybe not all of the, how many, five were killed or five or eight? Five, uh, five were killed, five. Eight. eight and, uh,
1: three others injured, but they're critical.
0: Yeah, so potentially eight. So maybe what the governor should have said was, well, the illegal immigrants shot, but seven out of the eight who were injured or killed, one is here legally. Um, so I won't say all of them. I'll just say seven divided by eight, whatever percentage that is and uh 84% or whatever the number is. But the, the reaction was so outrageous, you know, that, again, bringing in the race card, that it's all they know how to do is play yeah. the race card. But you know, the outrage here, uh, George, when I when I saw the story, the outrage is that you have a man living in a community like, yeah, normal guy, nothing's going on. He's living in a community. He's been de- deported four times. And, you know, I don't know what kind of neighbor he was. But You know, a guy who would do whatever he did cannot could not have been a very nice neighbor. And yet he was living in this community. Uh, His wife, I guess, was participating in the cover up, if you want to put it that way. Uh, She had to know that she was in the country illegally. I assume that she maybe she was, too. And, And yet nobody wants to talk about that. They just want to talk about the guns and they want to talk about how terrible the governor is because he said an illegal immigrant again, George. Uh, I don't want to repeat myself, but the outrage here is the fact that this guy was deported, whatever, four or five mm-hmm. times. And from what I read in news reports, had been arrested, I think, a couple of arrested. times for DWI. Had a record.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, he had a record.
0: So, I mean, you're, you're sitting there going, you know, gee, this guy should have never been here. I feel terrible for, because apparently there's a nine-year-old boy yeah. who was killed, too. And, and I admire the... I think some of the women literally threw themselves over children so that the children wouldn't be hit by the bullets. But what a what a terrible, absolutely terrible situation. Well, George, another another terrible situation is what's happening in Mexico with the virus. I, I wrote a post a couple of days ago based on some statistics that I saw in a Mexican website that the López Obrador uh, administration, or his presidential term, is going down as the bloodiest in, in Mexican history. I mean, the numbers are just unbelievably outrageous, the number of Mexicans who are being killed. Now, this is, of course, coming, uh, as you know, George, in an administration who has been saying, we need to be hugging each other, not shooting each other. We need to be hugging each other. And, you know, the hugging is not working because these people keep shooting, and they're killing innocent like crazy. So George, it, it made me think, and I wanna get your feedback on this. It made me think that you know, the, the temptation is to say that he's in the pockets of the cartels. That's the temptation, that the cartels have bought him off. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna go that far yet, but I do think that maybe he, he realizes there's nothing he can do, George, that so many parts of the country are run by cartels that there's really nothing he can do. He can watch it, he can be horrified, but there's nothing he can do, George. That's my sense.
1: My sense is that he's just very inept. That's why he's a liberal. He is just very, very inept. I mean, he believes <clears throat> that, uh, I mean, when you publicly tell people that we gotta hug each other rather than enforce the law, rather than punish people, uh, it makes it, you know, you, you, you sound ridiculous. And uh, I don't think that he understands how ridiculous he sounds. Um, yeah, I especially when
0: you're talking about criminals, George. Yeah, I mean, if I we mean, were people talking who are about
1: had others,
0: right? If we were talking about high school students, maybe punching too much and maybe they got to hug a little bit more. That's different. Yeah, but you're talking here about some of the worst criminals in the world. Exactly. People who have no absolutely w- would not hesitate to kill you or me if if we were in their way. And he's saying hugs and bullets. Uh, I, I mean, it's just not working. It's not it, working. It is,
1: it is very, very much uh, a panacea, and uh, it's ridiculous. And he, um, you know, I mean, I, I think that the guy, whether he believes it or not, I'm not sure, but definitely, he comes across as very, very dumb. And, um, you know, okay, <laughs> so I will say, you know, that uh, I, I, I will, you know, I too will go along with you and say... I'm not sure that uh, you know he's bought off by the by the um, uh, by the cartels, but I will say that he is an, he is a useful fool for them. Right. Definitely.
0: No, I think so, and I think he has. They've lost control. I, I think that the situation here, you know, kind of reminds you uh, back in our generation when there was a a new teacher who would come into class. You know, the old substitute teacher right. who just would lose control of the class. And, you know, by, by the middle of the day, her class was like a jungle, a zoo, you know, Correct. because the kids didn't respect her. And that's kind of what I see here. I mean, I think he's lost control of the country. I also think, and this is another theory of mine, uh, maybe the, the Mexican army is kind of sick of fighting. Because they've been fighting, you know, they've been fighting against... Well, I, I think now. they're
1: sick of fighting because they're not getting the, the support.
0: Well, that could like be. Definitely.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, why... Why put your life on the line against these vicious cartels if you're not going to be supportive?
0: Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Because they have been pretty much fighting these, you know, these cartel wars since Calderon started this in 2007. And for the last, what is it now, 16 years, they've had an ongoing war. If you can imagine Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, imagine Afghanistan. We were there 20 years. Well, imagine or Vietnam. And if imagine if, if, well, Vietnam, there was a lot of shooting, but it began to decline at the end, you know, as we began to get out. But in the case of this cartel war, it's been a steady line. You know, there has not been any let up. In fact, it's more intense because the cartels have better weapons and better tactics. So the problem that I think is happening is that they're not able to train people fast enough. I think that's what the, what the, the situation is I also wrote a post uh, last week about Cancun, how even though Cancun is still fairly safe, uh, there have been some incidents uh, in Cancun. Well, let me take you. Right one last, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, let me take no, you right one, outside,
1: right outside Cancun, right outside the tourist area. Yes. And it's going to come in. It's going to. I mean, there's no way that. They, they well, come. the
0: theory there, George, when I was I, I was reading that the reason it's happening in Cancun, it's not because they want to go after the tourists. It's just that they want to get active in the Caribbean uh, yeah. trade. I mean, the drug trade uh, in the Caribbean. All right, well, let's one, one last topic here, George, as uh, we look forward to next year and a half. Biden is running for re-election. I'm sure you've heard that, right? Yes. That he put together a little video and he's running for re-election. George finish finished the job. He's going to finish the job. And George, can you tell me what job, what exactly is the job that he wants the to finish? Only the only job
1: I can think of is it's the destruction of the United States. I mean, I just can't think, see it in any other terms. Uh, I mean, compare him two years into his, uh, into his administration to what we had on day one of his administration. Uh, you know, it blows your mind of what we have now versus what we had then.
0: Right, that's right. And, and and unfortunately, there was a statistic that came out today. The Labor Department was saying that there are now more layoffs. Yeah, and, you know, and and so
1: bank the, closings.
0: Yeah, so the economy could be turning against them, which then raises the question, George. Now, this is the speculation part of the of the interview the chances that he's not going to run, and then, of course, the bloodbath that would follow in the Democratic Party. But I think there's a lot of division, George, in the Democratic Party. When a guy like Robert Kennedy, who obviously has a name, that's all he has, he's never run a city, he's never run a state. To my knowledge, he has never run anything. He's been kind of an activist. Uh, Being an activist is is what you get to do when you have a lot of money. You You can be an activist. And but when a guy like that gets twenty percent of the vote in a recent poll against a, a sitting president, if nothing else, it, it kind of makes you, it reminds you a little bit of of uh, the last time a Kennedy challenged a yeah. president, and that was Ted Kennedy back in 1979-80. You remember that?
1: Well, and I, I you know the other thing is that um, let's remember that um, the Kennedys have been known. As, as challengers that come out of nowhere uh, to win, um, and uh, I mean, the only one that was kind of groomed was J- JFK. Uh, all the rest of them, you know, they came out of nowhere, and um, their situation is one where, uh, I mean, it, it's amazing to me that uh, people don't remember that because I heard on on CNN uh, the other day um, some folks criticizing Robert Kennedy for running. And messing up as they put it uh, and and, uh, and uh, confusing the uh, issues um, because um, they you know they flat don't support him well, you know, how about letting the Democrats the party the membership uh, do the selection the selecting of who they want i mean i i just i can 't imagine of a more uh, of a greater example of boss the political bosses where you've got this situation where they are ready to dismiss Robert Kennedy only because they don't they don't want him to mess with the party process well yeah, and in I fact know what the party they, process was
0: <laughs> right yeah we're going to go full circle here you know we're going to yeah. go back to the smoke-filled rooms I guess because you're right i mean they don't want to have uh, debates uh they're stacking the primaries in such a way that Joe Biden could be the candidate like two weeks after the, the campaign started. So but this is not this is not lost on I mean, one of the things that Bobby Kennedy or Bobby Kennedy Jr., Robert Kennedy Jr. could do is in a way save the Democrat Party. I'm not saying he's gonna win, but he could save the Democrat Party yeah. by beginning to move it more, maybe more uh to the center. Like he's already come out Against uh, you know men competing with women in sports, he's been a, he was a, a, a very loud critic of all these lockdowns and stuff like that, so maybe it, he could do the party a favor by moving into the center on some of those issues. Uh, I definitely Roy.
1: think he could. I really do, I really do, but uh, unfortunately I, uh, I think he's going to face the same situation that uh, anybody who challenged Clinton faced uh both hillary and um bill uh i think he's going to face the same situation that any and then anybody that challenged obama faced uh these people whoever challenged them uh were were beaten before they started right. and um you know the nominating process in the democratic party has become more of uh, what the political bosses want
0: yeah. than and right. um, anything else that's exactly right, and the influence of the public sector unions too. Yes, is tremendous in the Democratic Party. If, right. if it grows
1: the agenda, and if it grows the government, they will support
0: it. They for it. Yes. Well, I guess we're gonna you know wrap it up today, and we continue the countdown now to May 11th, or yeah, May 11th, when Title 42 disappears. Uh, I I would expect that there's going to be a lot of people lining up on the other side. I hope that these troops we're putting there understand just how. How, how much tension uh, there's going to be on that border when they finally open that door. Are they actually going to open a door or are they just going to... I'm not exactly sure if... Well, if no, they're debating
1: on how they're going to handle it. Yeah. All they know is that they're going to have people wanting to come in right now.
0: Right, and many many are just going to run in, Yeah. probably. So, I mean, that's what happened in Del Rio that time. People were just running in. So I guess we're going to have to have military... Forces at some point in the back, you know, to stop this thing. It's going to get ugly. That's all I can tell you. And I just, I just pray for the safety of people, that's right. uh, innocent people who may not get uh, caught up in. Because in this the other whole thing is going to
1: be is going to be a lot of the folks that get in, um, not through the port of entry, but otherwise, there's going to be uh, people coming pouring in across uh, those areas, and get picked up. And be, being driven, so the car chases are going to be
0: incredible. Incredible. Now, George, one last question: Why is it that we're not? We're we're just talking about Texas. Obviously, we live here, but aren't there going to be similar challenges in yes. San Diego and Arizona right. and New Mexico? I mean, because That's there right. well, are New Mexico, the, New Mexico and California refuse to talk about it Right. they're
1: they're they're Democrats strongholds. They refuse to talk about it, even though. The San
0: Diego Chamber of Commerce has been, has expressed some worries about it. Right, but in San Diego they have a fence, I think. Yeah, uh, at least protecting part of the city. But of course right. you got the rest of the state, and Arizona and New Mexico are wide open. Although Arizona, as I understand, is the most dangerous of yes. all the zones, correct? Because there's nothing there. There's I mean, nothing. Pure it's wide there.
1: open. It's uh, you know you have to cross through massive
0: expanses of, of desert. Right. And animals and everything else that you're gonna to have to run into and probably not not have enough water to to make it through the through the well, whole thing. It's very thing. easy for them to get to get to get lost. I
1: Absolutely. mean you would think you would think that uh, trails would have been established, but they don't wanna do that because if you establish a trail it makes it easier for the border patrol
0: to wait to on the trail. Them. That's right. Well, George, as always, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we will pick this up again the next time we get together. We're, as I say, probably a couple of shows away, maybe one show away from talking about the events of May 11th. So it's going to be, I don't know, the words humanitarian crisis come to mind, George. There's nothing humanitarian about this crisis. No, I know. That's it. There's nothing humanitarian about this, but there's going to be a humanitarian crisis. I'm sure that they'll use that. I'm sure yes. that they will use that. That's right. Well, you have a great day and thank you so much thank for you. joining us. As always, our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez down in, in South Texas, as we look at the situation in Texas, as we like to do uh, once a week, and we'll we'll do more uh, about the legislature the next time we chat. The legislature is still in the middle of a bunch of things. Uh, a lot of things are still being debated, negotiated. So we'll we'll give that a little bit of time. And then as far as Title 42, when that goes out, that is going to be chaotic on the border. That's all I can tell you. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we will talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.